I have struggled with wanting to take my life. I have had thoughts of taking my life. And I am currently struggling to record this podcast because it is such a vulnerable part of me. It is such a painful part of me. But it is a part of me. And I know that breaking the stigma and having open conversations about this topic is exactly what's going to save people's lives. So maybe you're interested in this topic to hear my story. Maybe you're interested in this topic to prevent someone else or help or you know see the signs in someone else that you love. Or maybe you are struggling with this yourself. And I cannot promise you that I have all the answers for you because I don't. But in this podcast, and I'm getting emotional talking about it, I just want to do a little bit of my part on breaking the taboo around it. Because when I look at the names, like Robin Williams, Marilyn Monroe, Vincent van Gogh, Avicii, Kate Spade, and so many other amazing people that have done amazing things for the world have all resorted to ending their own life. And I think that we as a collective have a responsibility to understand this better so that we can do better, so that lives can be saved. Um, Before I tell you and go into my professional outlook on this topic as a trauma coach, as an experienced person on the topic, and also, you know, coaching people through this as well in my years of coaching, I want to tell you um, the stories of me. I remember that the first time that I really had this crippling desire for it all to end, I was 14 and I was sitting outside of my house that I was living back then um, with my sister and it was already just me and her and I was sitting with a knife on my hand and I didn't go through with it obviously because I wouldn't be here. But that was the only time that I got so far as to physically, you know, taking steps towards, towards that. And I remember having so many thoughts in my head, like, okay, if I just end it now, the pain will go away. If I just end it now, I won't be a burden. If I just end it now, nobody will miss me. If I just end it now, um, all of it will go away. If I just end it now, she will know how much she hurt me, right? And none of those reasons were compelling enough at that time for me to actually do it. But the pain was so deep that every time in the Netherlands, like you have literally trains that stop going in the mornings or afternoons because in the winter mostly, because people jump in front of the trains and 
I see the, the, the faces of frustration around me of people getting late to work. And me having struggled with these thoughts myself, I get so angry on how, how people can be so not compassionate about the pain and the grief that someone else had to go through, the desperation that someone else was going through to actually do something like that. And then when I used to talk about it, people would be like, yeah, but it's also selfish of them because, you know, there are the, the, the conductor of the train might have a trauma from it. The people that have to clean it, the people that are not getting to work um, on time themselves. And then my main thing is like, that's exactly what got them so far that they had to think about everybody else and didn't have the capacity, the tools, the, the knowledge, just the kind of the, 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 the compassion, compassionate support to make them feel like, hey, your life matter enough for me to slow down. Your life matters enough for me to, you know, listen to how depressed you are for the hundredth time. I remember in my journey, when I had a burnout, I literally had to break up with a friend that told me when I was in my depression three years ago, that told me, Danny, you're just so negative all the time. And I know you're in a burnout, but I cannot deal with it. And I didn't know she was also struggling with the same. She didn't tell me, I find out later on. But do you see how us not talking about this subject is only perpetuating the pain? So we're all suffering of similar bullshit. But because we don't talk openly about it, everybody ends up resorting to these extremes and not wanting to live anymore as to where I'm here openly saying, hey, I struggled with not wanting to live anymore in multiple moments in my life. And sometimes that thought from time to time still pops up because I do feel lonely sometimes and I do still have CPTSD and still have, you know, mental health struggles that I, that I kind of accepted that were part of me and that doesn't make me less than perfect, that doesn't make me less of a better coach, that doesn't make me less professional, that actually makes me better at my job because I struggle with this. And I just believe that as humanity, as society, the lack of knowledge, emotional regulation, the shame that we put on all of these things is exactly the reason why we have such high suicide rates. Because people are not choosing to live their lives. People are so combated with these thoughts and it just becomes crippling. And I call it, like, I wish sometimes there was a big red button and I could just stop life from spinning, stop life from going, stop the date from turning day, stop the night from going to night, so that I could just have a moment of peace and time for me to just think. And at that moment, all I can think of is just, I want everything to stop just at least for a little bit so I can soothe myself, right? Now I have to be very honest. I am, I gotten really good at 
managing these thoughts so I, you don't have to fear for me um, I mean I welcome all the love that I get I know how to reach for that agency when I am need and uh, I am very open about this so my support system knows I have my healers I have my coaches and I'm not saying I'm perfect but I choose life every day and I choose to create a life that sets my soul on fire and this is why I believe that my purpose is so important to me because a life with purpose you know when I see all of the people that I can help on a daily basis it literally gives me my purpose in life and when those thoughts come around like yeah Dani but you don't have family or you know you feel like nobody is looking out for you and you feel and I feel so lonely I still have that anchor in in life basically and it really helps me as well and I will share more tips with um, with you on how to maybe recognize it in someone else recognize it in yourself but also um, you know what I believe is needed for for us to you know take that collective responsibility so what I believe that why people take their own life and this podcast is not all encompassing like I said I'm not here to tell the whole truth I didn't I don't have a PhD on this subject um, I'm just here sharing sharing my story oh yeah and there was another time I want to go back to this other time three years ago I remember being in the in the bathroom to keep myself safe because that's the only place I saw, I felt safe and I was having these thoughts that were rushing, you know, maybe you should take pills, maybe you should jump, maybe you should do the knife thing, maybe you should, you should, you should, and all of these thoughts that are just literally trying to um, to keep me safe in a very, very toxic way. And back then, my ex-husband um, was also, you know, during the day, helping me with my panic attacks, and at night I was having nightmares. And I felt like such a big burden to him as well from time to time that, you know, I felt like I cannot wake him up because it, it, it would be too much for him. And this is why I also believe that I am very grateful for my ex-husband because he was really there for me when I needed him. And, you know, at the end of the day, once I really started healing, we weren't compatible anymore. But um, I cherish his existence in my life um, every day. And those were the two moments that I can remember that I was really, you know, I really contemplated um, ending it all because it was so painful. Three years ago when I was, you know, diagnosed with CPTSD, I was having panic attacks during the day and at night I was having nightmares and I had a burnout so my energy levels were really low and when I, in the couple of hours that I did go to work, I was only faced with people that didn't understand me, that were plain mean with me and... My friends didn't understand me. They didn't have the capacity to hold me, to hold space for me. And my family was non-existent. You know, it was, it was, so, it was so much. And I had weekly therapy. And that, that really helped me, you know, take care of the rough edges. But it wasn't until I really dived into my body-based, body-based mechanisms and body-based techniques that I didn't learn how to truly deal with it. And I'm going to share with you why I believe people people ended. So 
it all starts with an inner conflict, right? We have grief, we have unprocessed trauma on one hand, we have anger, we have like so much wounds that are not healed properly on the one hand, and we have a lot of happiness, joy, gratefulness on the other hand. So this inner conflict is so multi-layered that it's like an inner fight every day. Okay, which, which part of me is going to win today? Is it the part of me that's grateful and happy and should be? Because that's, that's a lot of the things that um, when people are struggling with mental health, it's the should be's. It's the, the shame of not being able to accept whatever you're feeling and feeling the need or the desire or the, or the push to feel something different than what you currently are feeling. So if you're waking up today and you don't feel good, you feel this need to feel something different. And I understand why mindset gurus like, you know, Joe Dispenza and they're preaching, you know, like your thoughts are, are the driver and you get to choose your thoughts and you get to choose how you wake up in the morning and you get to choose and it's a choice. And it all, it is all true. However, the thing that this, this, this knowledge misses is the wiring of our system once we have experienced a lot of trauma, which is our nervous system. And literally what that, that does is it takes away your agency. It takes away your, literally your, your capacity to make that choice. Because even though I know cognitively, I am a very smart woman, I have you know, multiple degrees, I am saying I am not a dumb person, but once I am triggered the fuck out, if I haven't healed the way that I've healed, you know, body-based healing and, and trauma-informed healing and somatic healing my nervous system and literally rewiring my whole system, which is what I teach in the Kura Manifestation program with my trauma-informed manifestation uh, techniques, I literally did not have a choice or I felt like I didn't have a choice because my body literally took over. Even though in my mind, I knew that going to the gym would help or calling a friend would help me feel better. There was always this voice in my head that said, what's the point? There was always my body that felt so sluggish or I didn't have the capacity to make that choice. So when I say inner conflict is multi-layered is because it's not as easy as, you know, just make a choice every day. It's about understanding. It's about healing. It's about meeting yourself where you are. It's about not rushing yourself. It's about acceptance of that grief. It's about healing that grief. It's about allowing those, those deeply wounded parts of us to safely heal. And how do we heal? We heal it by feeling. But if feeling on itself does not feel safe, then the fuck no, we're not going to feel it. So every time that we go into the pain, we're going to tune out the moment we get a chance because our bodies is not equipped, is not trained to hold space for such deep grief, such deep anger, such deep loneliness, such deep pain. So instead of us leaning into it and learn to love it it cripples us so we stay in this in this loop of oh my god i need to do this and oh my god i can't do this because it's too fucking painful 
And it's funny that the people that need it the most are the ones that didn't have the right modeling in their childhood of their parents modeling to them and teaching them and helping them hold those big emotions. And I think that this is why conscious parenting nowadays is so important, that we expect our children not to know how to brush their teeth, how not to hold, they don't know how to hold a toothbrush. So we have a lot of patience with them when it comes to those things. But we expect a child to be able to, to deal with big emotions such as pain, grief, loneliness, anger, disappointment, frustration, just because we cannot handle their, their tantrums. So basically, this is what we're doing with ourselves, is that every time we kind of want to escape the grief, we want to escape the pain, the loneliness, the anger, all of those really heavy emotions, is just us re-traumatizing ourselves. So I believe that the antidote to these big emotions is a couple of things. It's also stemming from who you are as a person because I believe that people that resort to those things are special people. And if you have these thoughts yourself or you know someone that has these thoughts of ending their life or you want to end your life, I need you to know that you are so special. Like the fact that you can feel so deeply, it's a gift and a curse. And trust me, I have tears talking about this because usually the people that have these thoughts or struggle with these thoughts are very, very spiritually driven. Like we see more than meets the eye. We can sense someone's soul. We can sense someone's intention and we see all of the layers that this person has blocked their true essence from so we tend to fall in love with the with the soul and not protecting ourselves from the ego of the person that is showing up in front of us so we continuously allow people to hurt us which only perpetuates that grief that pain that loneliness because instead of us you know learning to love ourselves and learning about boundaries and learning to say no, we, we are really kind, big-hearted souls that choose to see the good in everyone and choose to focus on that. Um, but in, in doing that, we're also hurting ourselves. So it's good to be spiritually inclined and, and having an open heart, but it's also really good for you to learn how to uh, effectively and lovingly have boundaries and hold boundaries. But it all starts with your own self-love. There is also the fact that if you or someone that is struggling with this, you know, their emotions, they feel or you feel everything so deeply. Like I cannot, sometimes I cannot hold. And it's both ways. It's not only the grief or the pain. I, I call them the dark emotions. It's also my light emotions. Sometimes I cry from the bigness of my heart. Like I cannot believe that I can love life so deeply and and feel everything so deeply but because i can feel so deeply in the light i can also feel so deeply in the dark and i i I accepted that this is something that i'm going to have for the rest of my life when these dark waves come i just ride the wave and i have my tools of nervous system regulation of emotional regulation to to deal with with these so if you or someone that is struggling with this thought is needing any any help, I, I cannot 
provide this support through DM. I cannot support this. I cannot provide the support um, in the programs that I have. I can teach you though how to emotionally, you know, handle your emotions and how to manifest in my Kura Manifestation program. And there are some hotlines, and I am putting this boundary in a very from coming from a very loving, loving place. Because I know and I understand that I cannot heal the whole world. And I am being vulnerable enough to put this podcast out there. And I know that there are people out there that feel called to provide a hotline or to, to say something like this. But I know that it is not in my capacity and it's also not my, my task to do this. But however, I do want to tell you that if you are struggling with this, your life matters and your existence matters just like my existence mattered and it was my personal um, victory to learn how to deal with this and if you're struggling with this pick up that phone and call someone you know go outside go for a walk Talk to a stranger and say, hey, can I talk to you for a second? Because again, agency is the first thing that gets taken away when, you, when you're experiencing this. So taking back that agency is truly what's going to transform your life. You know, look for, look for retreats, look for people that are specialized in helping, helping people like you. I know that some of my clients are, are really specializing in helping people in their darker darker moments so if this is you I do have a coach in my network that specializes or that wants to specialize in helping people like you or if you have a family member that is struggling and I will lovingly you know send you to this to this um, to this coach that I coached um, closely to protect her identity I I'm I'm not going to disclose her name here but just know that I just know that there are a lot of people out there that are willing to help. But I think that this podcast is more about invoking that inner power that you have, that you can and you are able to help yourself. And it is not about you thinking positive because I know that right now that's not what people want to hear when they're in that when they're in that state. It's that, hey, I am happy that you exist. So if you are someone that struggle with this or you, or you think that someone is struggling with this, some of the things that you could say is, hey, I'm so happy you exist. The world is better with you in it. And my life is better with you in it. And I'm so happy to be, that you are part of my life and to be part of your life. And I'm so proud of you. And you are amazing and you are lovable. And you are loved and maybe right now it's not something that that feels true for you but I need you to know that and those are things that you could say to someone or say to yourself if this is what you're struggling with I this is one of the main reasons why I tattooed in my on my arm on my left arm I got you because when these thoughts come I need to remind myself that hey all of the things that I wish someone tell me is something that I need to tell myself and I need to believe it for myself. Danny, I got you. I got you in the pain. I got you in the sorrow. I got you in the grief. I got you in the 
in the loneliness, you know, I got you. And this was my biggest lesson so far that I needed to learn. Now, this is on a mental state, on a mental part. And I need you to know that before you even are able or someone is able to tap into that mental capacity of choosing differently, the layer that needs to be healed first is the somatic level. It's on the body level. It's on the, on the, literally your nervous system. Because if you cannot hold the grief, then there is no mindset that will help you hold the grief. Now, even though I don't specialize in helping people that are, um, that are thinking of ending their life, I do attract a lot of clients because they recognize themselves in my, in my journey, and especially the part of, hey, I'm struggling with these thoughts, but I also have a big mission. I feel I have a big purpose, and they have this big desire to transform their life. Now, if this is you or you know someone like this, then yes, definitely um, the Kura Manifestation Program would be a place where where you would learn the tools. But if you don't have that agency, then there are other steps that you need to take before that. You know, maybe find a therapist or, or help someone find a therapist. Okay. <sighs> I noticed that I find it so difficult to talk about this. I noticed that my ego is telling me, you're not a, psychi- a psychiatrist. You're not, you know, a psychologist even. But what I do am is that I understand. I understand this firsthand. And I've coached a lot of people that have this. So I am doing my part in wanting to break the taboo and being the leader in this by sharing my story, by talking about the subject. And making it a subject where people don't, you know, because we are essentially talking about life and death. And it can be triggering for everyone for various reasons, right? But I think that we can withhold ourselves from talking about the potentiality of someone ending their own life. And with that, we are being the reason why someone might want to end their life. Or we can open ourselves to the possibility of wanting to talk about it and holding our own discomfort in talking about it with the potentiality that we might be saving someone's life. So I'm going to repeat that. You can choose to shy away from this subject because you cannot hold your own discomfort. And in that, you are part of the problem because we need to break the cycle of taboo. We need to break the cycle of shame around this subject or you can be part of the solution by holding your own discomfort and talking about it openly because you never know who in your surroundings might be struggling with this without you knowing it might be your sister it might be your parents it might be your grandparents it might be you know your 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 sister your uncle a friend your best friend your aunt and and this is what what hurts the most that when someone resorts to that, there is no point of return. And we are all going to feel guilty for not seeing the signs, for not listening, for not telling our loved ones that, hey, your life matters. And I don't want to, I don't want to make you scared, right? Because I believe that we all have our busy lives. Um, but I think that a kind 
being kind to one another really goes a long way. And if for whatever reason you think of someone, then send them a message because I believe that that is also God um, working. Because if you think of someone, send them a message, hey, I thought of you, sending you love, I'm happy you exist. That could also already be helping someone else or hey, if you want to talk about anything, you're going through anything, let me know. It's, you know, extending that olive branch because you never know who might be struggling with this. And this is the reason why I believe that making making it known and making it discussable like I do in my, especially in my podcast, I just want to break taboos around any subject is so important. <sighs> I want to end this podcast by sharing maybe a step-by-step on how I deal with it. What usually happens is that also you might be struggling with this because of your PMDD. Maybe you also have PMDD, which is premenstrual. I think it's dysphoria disorder or something like that, which is a a heavier version of PM, uh, PMS, where our emotions and our hormones really make us feel like crazy. We go into gloomy, dark days, and it's 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 a it's a shit show. So every month. Um, I have these thoughts come up and what really helped me was okay tracking my cycle and knowing that oh, okay it's just my PMS acting up it's my hormones it's it's not a rational thing that's popping up so that really helped me when these thoughts come up that I'm not in my PMS then I think okay what's the next thing what's my next wound that usually is touched for me, it's definitely my loneliness or my, my, you know, the fact that I don't have family and that loneliness can be very crippling. So then I know exactly what to say to myself. I'm like, hey, I noticed that you feel lonely. It's okay to feel lonely and not wanting to change the way I feel, but leaning into that, into that, into that emotion really helps me. Again, I have done a lot of nervous system healing and I believe that you need to have that nervous system healing first before you you can dive deeper. Um, so definitely try to do that with, with someone else, co-regulation and, and you know it's like a, a guess and a brake paddle. In my in my shop I have a I have a bodywork um, masterclass that you can try. It's only, I think, 55 euros. And I did, did it this cheap because of that reason. Because I want people to, if you're feeling whatever emotion you're feeling, go to that masterclass and it will help you release the emotion. But that is what I do. So I tune in to like, okay, apparently there's a part of me that is in a lot of pain. And I lean into it and I journal on my feelings and I cry and I dance and I try to allow these feelings to fully be present and not trying to change it not trying to resort immediately to to a positive thinking because I think that's oh I cannot tell you how much that stresses the fuck out of me every time every time I hear someone say that yeah just think of positive thoughts no I can't think of positive thoughts because my uncle abused me and my mother died and my father died and my stepfather was abusive and my sister was abusive and my friends abandoned me and my ex-husband cheated so all of these thoughts come up so instead of me leaning into, into those thoughts, I lean into, fuck, you're so right. Life can be so hard sometimes. 
and completely accepting what is. And like, holy shit, yeah, I can see that you're thinking about your ex and it really hurts and it's really painful. Or, hey, I can see that you miss your sister or I can see that you miss your mother and it's okay to miss her. What can I do to, to allow you to feel this in just a little bit more comfortable way? And then usually it's like, okay, I just want to lay in bed and, and make a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. And then I just take care of myself as if I was my own mother or my own father or my own friend or my own partner. And that's what I mean by being able to hold yourself. And I just tell myself like, okay, it's okay to feel this way. And then when I feel like, okay, but I, it would really make me feel better if I talk to someone. Then I have a list of people. I created this list of people that I feel safe with. And some of them are coaches. Some of them are just friends. And the only thing I say is like, hey, can, can I vent for a little bit? I'm having a down day. I just need someone to vent my emotions too. Because I think that that's also one of the things that a lot of us struggle with. That we don't want solutions at that moment. We just want someone to listen to us grieve for the hundredth time about my mom. <laughs> Grief for a hundredth time about, you know, my ex and not give me solutions because that's not gonna help. I just need someone, I just need a friend. I just need to not feel lonely or to feel a burden in society. That's what I need. So in my case, I have had the capacity to learn how to get myself out of this so these are my steps and if you know someone um, that is struggling you know mentally how can you how can you provide this person with these steps and be like hey it's okay to feel this way i can i can see the grief and it's it's okay how can i just be here with you and cry as loud as you can and give them the gift of silence you don't have to talk just being there with them goes such a long way, like you have no idea. And letting them fully crumble, literally. Because a lot of times I felt like I needed to stay strong and nobody could see the depths of my grief. Because nobody could handle the depths of my grief, or at least that's what I believed. And it wasn't until I learned that, no, I, that's exactly what I need. I need someone to witness me in my grief. Because at that moment, I cannot witness myself and my grief. So I need someone else to help me embody that. With that embodiment, I can return myself back to, back to safety and return myself back to positive thoughts. And it's like a magic trick. <laughs> because just by leaning into what is, room, room, there is room for, for more. There is room for happiness, for the joy to to come back. I know that a lot of people struggle with not knowing what they want, they want in their life, not knowing what, where they find joy or their passion. And I know that they don't know this because they're literally pushing down bad emotions. And by pushing down these bad emotions, they're also pushing down good emotions because you cannot pick and choose which emotions you push. You just push. That's not how our psyche works. That's not how our emotional system works. So really, truly leaning into the emotion is step one. Then, you know, asking yourself, what is it that I need in this moment? And giving yourself that gift is step, you know, two and three. And then a 
accepting that it is temporary and doing breathing exercises and journaling and resorting to calling a friend or going for a walk for the for the for the time to pass because usually these these emotions these thoughts pass and basically kind of accepting that if you are one of these people that this will probably be popping up from time to time so you're not as surprised or as frustrated by like ah fuck this emotion is showing up again no it is okay it's showing up again there it is it's okay i i know what to do i know my tools i know my step one two three four five and the more that you dare to share it with your surroundings or people dare to share it with you right um the more we will be we will be accepting of people's of people's lows and the suicide rates will go down i truly believe that so i believe that it's a collective it's a it's a true pandemic honestly because we all believe that we all need to feel a certain way and there's so much shame around this topic and i'm very happy that i turned today on suicide prevention day to talk about this subject and to tell my story about it my life matters and i know that and i feel that in the core of my being and so does your your life and so does the life of everybody uh, around you so how can we make each other feel this like everybody's lives matter and how can we be kind to one another be kind you never know what people are going through sending you so much love <sighs> and before we end this up i want to help you um you know leave whatever emotions this podcast triggered with a short meditation taking a deep breath hold it in and breathe it out slowly and i want you to ask your energy to let go of any stories that are not yours to let go of any fear that is not yours to just accepting the knowledge the wisdom take a deep breath in and breathe it out slowly and i want you to repeat after me or use my voice as yours my life matters another breath the world is better with me in it my life has purpose and maybe it doesn't feel like that every day but this is what i choose to believe every day and if you're fearing someone in your surroundings might be struggling with this this one is for you the universe i want you to tell me whenever someone i love needs me i am open and receptive to that guidance and i want you to give me the tools the guidance on how to make someone else feel seen and make someone else like their life matter even if i know the person or not cuz a lot of times we are all angels in disguise in this world cuz it's not only our loved ones that needs our kindness it's everybody out there including yourself 
Much love, gorgeous soul, and have an amazing day. Bye-bye.